Are you craving connection and conversation with those you love most? I can help you. I'm Amy Miller, founder and CEO of Amy's Art Palette and creator of the Duet Project. I invite you to start conversations about typical topics. I guide you with a series of conversation starters that are easy to ask and easy to answer at first and then unfold to more intimate and profound ones as the questions evolve. And the best part? I provide an art project to keep your hands busy. I believe busy hands opens hearts. This podcast is all about those topics I provide in the Duet Project, a monthly digital magazine filled with everything you need with the click of a button to create the art project and have meaningful conversations. The Duet Project is for all pairs who want to connect on a deeper level through conversation starters in art. Creating a communication bridge between people is the essence of what I do, especially with mothers and daughters. You'll hear from me and guest experts who see the importance of building a strong bridge between people, and I have created a pathway for your success. I'm so grateful you're here listening. Thank you for showing up leaning in and exploring ways to connect with people you love. Hi everybody, welcome back to this month's episode of the Mother Daughter Art Project. We today are going to be talking about life balance and I'm thrilled to have my guest with me, Hillary Baggett. Not only is she a guest, but she is my friend. Yes. And welcome Hillary. Thank you, Amy. I'm so glad to be here. Yes. So you live in Colorado Springs, but you've traveled quite a bit. You were in Germany and Japan for many, many years, and you're a mother of two children, a son and a daughter, who are now 18 and 21-year-olds. You're an entrepreneur, a professional occupational therapist. You do cranial sacral therapy, and you're a writer. You have recently started a podcast called Hill Talks Podcast, which I've listened to and happy to say that I am going to be a guest soon. Yes, you are. I can't wait. I'm so excited. You have a membership called Community Bloom where you bring together women who are in midlife to create a network to help each other and all the women have a heart to serve each other and support midlife women. And your mission is to connect, collaborate, and co-create with each other so that the products, our retreats, our workshops, and our summits save lives and relationships so that women can celebrate this next chapter in their lives. Women will go from feeling stuck, isolated, anxious, or overwhelmed to feeling energized, clear, confident, so that they can expand their reach within their business. And I love this fun fact about you, that you love 80s video games, as do I, but I've never had the highest score like you on Galaga in the Paris airport with dozens of people watching you. That must have been very exciting. It was very funny. I was, of course, not noticing at all because I was engrossed in my super high score. I think I had 225,000 at that point. 
and uh, people just standing around. So my husband came up behind me and took a picture of all these people watching me. Uh, yeah, it was funny. Ooh, I, I want to see that. Um, I want to see that picture one day. And um, do you have any video games in your house? Like I know some people have like old Pac-Man or something like at their houses. I have the stand-up arcade game that has 60 video games on it. And so when you come out here, we can play. Ooh, that is awesome. We never had video games growing up, um, but my friend did. And I would love to go to her house to play Atari. And um, I I just loved that. It was so fun. I really enjoyed Atari, too. That was our first video game system. So we're talking today about life balance. And there's so much talk often about um, having a work-life balance. And it's something I struggle with. I know you struggle with. So many people struggle with work-life balance. And um, I would love if you could just comment on why do you think people struggle, have so much struggle about this work-life balance? Yeah, I, I love that question. And it, it truly is a struggle for me as well. So I don't speak like I'm, you know, up on the high hill looking down at people that uh, I'm right along with everyone else struggling for that kind of elusive work-life balance. And I think really there's a lot of society pressure to perform, to be perfect, to go, go, go. We are really caught up in efficiency and productivity. There's a lot of pressure in work of are you are you earning money? Are you earning enough? Are you earning promotions? And I think sometimes we lose track or lose focus on really what our greatest priorities are. And that would be kind of on our own personal health, our physical, mental, spiritual well-being, and our relationships. And I think it's really hard. I think we need to be able to give people permission to maybe take an inventory and consider what does your life feel like? And a lot of the times, if someone cannot talk, cannot stop talking, then they probably are going, going, going. It might be a little bit of anxiety or performance or perfectionism, speaking from personal experience. And once we're able to identify, wait a minute, why can I not stop? Why can I not slow down? Why am I not enjoying this vacation or this precious time with a family member? whether it's a child or a spouse or a parent. And sometimes for me, those were the red flags that I had. And I think we're not even given permission to identify a yellow flag, orange flag, or red flag. Um, and being able to identify like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm a little out of sorts, I'm not sure what it is. And I know for me, I'll, I'll tend to put it off until my body goes into shutdown and then I have no choice but to listen. Because I think, Pain and exhaustion are both signs and signals to our body that something is really out of balance. The recognition, this is a question I had for us later, but you bring up this great point. Recognizing for ourselves that we are out of sync, out of balance, can be really tough because um, for me and I know for you and possibly for sure many others, when work doesn't feel like work, yeah. um, yet we are, and, and 
when work doesn't feel like work and we're working so much, we're working, quote unquote, so much, but we're so passionate about what we're doing. That's, this is me. I'm so passionate about what I'm creating for connection for others. It doesn't feel like work, but I know I am working a lot. And although I am really enjoying it, I'm also not stopping and taking the walks on the beach or, you know, going to do different things because like I wake up, I'm thinking about work, but it's not like, oh, I have to do this. It's like, oh, I get to do this. And there's so many things that I get to do and I want to do, but then we pay a price of the burnout and overwhelm. So absolutely. I'm guilty as well. Guilty as well. I, I have a passion certainly for building community, for connecting with people and, and it energizes me. However, there, there are other people that I share a home with. There are friends and neighbors. I mean, even my poor dog sometimes will just look at me from her chair of like, why aren't you, why aren't we doing something fun, mom? And I had to really look at my calendar was really, I had to be honest because the calendar doesn't lie. And my family would say, why don't you have everything for your work on the calendar? I said, oh, you don't want to see everything I do in a day. Um, And then one day they said, wait a minute, there's nothing on your calendar Friday. Is that a mistake? And I said, no, I was an intentional about setting aside my Fridays to integrate things if there's something that has to be done but to decompress because sometimes in our work we are doing interviews we are reaching out to members we are problem solving getting together packages we are doing so much brain work over weekends that it's really hard to unplug so I had to be honest with myself at my calendar I had to really look at it and sometimes I have to block out time of this is the time that I'm not going to be doing anything and being intentional with that exercise time, with that eating time, with that, I'm just going to try to sit outside on the porch swing and look at the mountains time. Because if we don't, everything creeps in. And if I have to use timers because I, I suffer from attention challenges and that keeps me out of balance. And so with attention deficit, I have to have time limits and I have to be mindful of the clock. Otherwise, I'll just get hyper-focused and just keep going. And suddenly, I come out and four hours have passed. Yeah. Yeah, that happens to me too. And I have not yet integrated a good system into my life for um, other things and having timers. So I literally, yesterday, I was up in on a Zoom call at 7 a.m., and I worked and worked and worked all day yesterday. I mean, I loved it. Like, I have was like feeling so energized but by the end of the day it was like 9 30 I was walking around like a zombie and my daughter was like it's 9 30 I said I know but I've I've been up and engaged and working the entire day and yeah um I I need to go to bed and so when I woke up this morning I was still kind of feeling out of it so I'm feeling out of balance and know that I need to set up a better system for myself. So I'm excited to really um, talk to you more about that when you come visit and we can co-create and collaborate at the cabin. I'm so excited. Absolutely. And yeah, it is. It's, 
integrating some of these things, making it with your visual person like me and writing it on the calendar, but getting it in the digital format. And then how do you translate that if you're a handwritten person in your planner, but then focusing and staying to it. And this has been a hard week. I'm going to be really honest of I've not been focused. I've not been in balance. Um, and I had to give myself the grace and permission to just be like, okay, maybe those things don't get done today. Maybe that email that I send out every Monday, whoops, it's Wednesday, still didn't get done. And is that really okay in big picture? Yes. And I think that's where we really set ourselves up for kind of failure and frustration is when we don't give that self-compassion and grace to ourselves. Because if we can speak gently to ourselves like we would a friend, then we can be more positive and then we can get back on track. It's very natural for all of us to get off course, just like a plane on its flight course and flight path. Mm -hmm. They are 90, 80, 90% of the time off course, and they're just continually doing these micro corrections. And that's the biggest lesson in whether you're a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, uh, a student, these, these apply to everyone at every stage in life, for sure. I love that term, micro corrections. I'm going to remember that. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you and bring up, uh, I wrote my notes and then I, as I wrote my note, I looked up and it also is in the planner that I use. It just happened to be on the same page. And I'm going to read to you um, the quote that's from Warren Buffett. It says, successful people say no to almost everything. And what I wanted to share with you was saying no means saying yes to something else. Meaning we can say no to so many things and on the opposite of no is the yes. And it could be just like, yes, I'm gonna go take a walk on the beach. No, I can't go do that because yes, I'm going to care for myself right now or do something else that you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that so much of that we, we have to practice no, we have to give ourselves permission to say no to good things, even great things, so that we can say yes to ourselves and our own health and our best yes of something that's going to energize us or build relationship and connection. And as business women and entrepreneurs, sometimes we can get caught up in those little details or getting caught in it being perfect. And it's like, wait a minute, could I have just used that half hour to enjoy some fresh air and be outside or play with my dog or have a conversation with my daughter? And yeah, I think that awareness is just essential. And I think successful people need to know that saying no is a huge, huge part of it. As you were speaking, I something came to mind. It was um, instead of saying, getting a request and saying yes right away or no right away, we can say something like a placeholder, like, I need to give that some thought. Yes. And then decide, because so quickly we say, yes, yes, I can go do that. Yes, I want to do that. Even if you want to do something, maybe there's a reason to say no. And we respond, we react so quickly with our answers. Yes, (laughs) we do. We feel that compulsion and that obligation to say yes to someone and it might be people pleasing it might just be well i love my friend so i want to say yes to them but what i need to do is pause 
that pause button is huge so that we're not reacting, that we're not answering with an emotional response, that we're giving ourselves that little bit of margin for space. I had to say no to four amazing things that were supposed to all happen this week. And one of them was going to an amazing retreat to focus on my business in Massachusetts. And part of me really wanted to, and I could give myself that permission to do it. But I had to really say no. My husband's out of town, and I thought, okay, this gives all this free time to do all these things. And if I fill all that up, I just find that I'm exhausted. So I had to say no to some interviews. I had to say no to writing some articles. And it wasn't a no forever. It was a, I can't commit to that right now. That's a great way to say no also. Yeah. I can't commit to that right now. Can I check my calendar? Can I get back to you on that? Mm -hmm. Or could I give you an answer next week or by the end of the week? You know, giving ourselves that kind of grace and space to say, I can think about it. I just got invited to a special membership yesterday and I really like this woman and I know it would be amazing, but I needed to just pause. And she said, yeah, don't make an emotional decision. We're not going anywhere. There's no pressure. And I thought that was really beautiful because sometimes with courses and memberships and all of these content or purchases things, we think, oh, I'm going to miss out that fear of missing out. Well, I tell you, that will knock us off balance faster than anything. If we allow fear to make the decision for us. You must have been reading my mind because as I'm um, listening to you and I'm thinking about that fear of missing out, but there's something also, not just FOMO, mm -hmm. but JOMO. And JOMO. JOMO. I mean, we can be saying that with a smile, JOMO. It's much more joyful to say JOMO than FOMO, right? Yes. And the joy of missing out. And that is truly when you can experience joy because, yes, I may be missing out on this opportunity at that moment. And if it's the once in a lifetime activity or event, that might be a reason to say, okay, I'm going to say yes to that. But what we need to really realize is the truth is we are not and, and that's what this culture kind of gives us and everything and everything that comes at us via email and promotions and on social media, they tell us you're missing out, you're missing out. And what we just need to give ourselves permission to say is that I might miss out, but I'm okay with that. And what that opens up is this golden opportunity of something else because I've just created space for something else to happen. And it might be the best yes to ourselves. It might be just that moment of connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of connection, hey listeners, I'm just so excited that I needed to pause here for just a moment to tell you about an upcoming workshop that Hillary and I are co-hosting. She and I are offering an incredible opportunity to join us for a live workshop on creating connections with your body, your mind, and your heart. It's coming up October 8th at 12 noon Eastern Time. Register today at communitybloom.org. And don't worry if you're listening to this episode after the workshop. Go to amysartpalette.com to join the mailing list to find out about upcoming workshops. And now, back to the podcast. 
Yeah. I love that pause before saying yes. I mean, the pause can be so powerful for any, for any, for multiple occasions, reasons. Um, the pause is powerful. Mm. I love the power of pause. I think we could do a whole thing on that. There's yes. another thing that came up. I was reading this article and um, there's a quote by Brooke McAllery, I think her name is, in her book, Destination Simple. And it's everyday rituals for a slower life. And she says, rather than pursuing the ideal of a work-life balance, what if you consider tilting instead of exhausting ourselves by trying to achieve this elusive balance, learn to tilt, to willingly throw things out of balance. It's about understanding and accepting the fact that we truly cannot and will not ever achieve perfect balance. She suggests that we write things down and what's most important needs to be at the top from family and friends to the me time and work. Then we're tilting within that sphere, knowing that we cannot be all things to all people. I tend to, um, I'm more like on a, a BOSU ball, like at the gym where I'm tilting in all directions to try to be all things to all people. And it's just not possible. And we're not supposed to be all things to all people. And so many people think that, well, it's better to serve others than ourselves, or it's better to put others before ourselves. And it's like, but people aren't putting themselves into the equation. And different from me time where someone has, you know, four to eight hours of me time every day or week, it's like, mm, there might need to be a balance in that of, you know, if me time is an every time, well, when is the, when are you giving to someone else? But I think for most of your listeners who are so heart centered and heart focused and reaching out to connect with daughters in the duet project or uh, sorry, in the mother daughter art project, I stand corrected. Or, both, and, actually and, both. It's in right. the mother daughter art project and the duet project, which is um, not just for mothers and daughters and uh, for any pair of people who want to connect on a deeper level through art and conversation. But it's, it is then when, when people sign up and to register for the duet project, then that's, there's so many benefits and about the duet project um, and creating also a, a balance, a more balancing of the relationships that they have. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm guilty of carrying the burden of relationships on my back, like so many women, like so many moms, like so many daughters. And we think, well, this is all on me. I've got to carry the weight of this. And that is simply not true. We need to recognize if we are carrying the majority of the weight of a relationship, it might be time to pause and reassess and say, hey, I'd like to be in a reciprocal relationship. And it doesn't have to be even Steven scorekeeping of you're doing 50 and I'm doing 50, but there has to be that lovely give and take dance. Absolutely. I love what you said about your experience with the duet project with your mom and yes. then also with your daughter. But one of the things you shared with me was that doing the duet project with your mom, you were able to have the most um, stress-free or what was it? What it, 
I'm not recalling exactly what you said in this moment, but like the most relaxing conversation you've had with your mom in a long a time. A long time. Absolutely. It was because when we scheduled it, we scheduled it several weeks out. We had a Saturday, we bought supplies and then we showed up on our Zoom call and we made that time. We set it aside and it was this guided journey of opportunity to share this conversation plus the experience and we weren't looking at each other all the time. So it made it really wonderful to be able to work on something creative and colorful and fun and also give ourselves permission to answer the questions that you have already curated for someone in it. So that's what I loved about it, that we didn't have to think of the question or worry about where's this going to come from, because it really came from you as our facilitator, kind of you were moderating, even though you weren't there in person, because these questions came from Amy. So we had the freedom to answer them, expand on them, to really stay curious, because that's what you encourage us to do in when we're doing these projects, set aside the time, stay curious, you know, pause before we respond to something. Yes, and I do really talk valuable. about that. Yeah, I do talk about that pausing and allowing for the silence because that's when our th thoughts are forming. When there's silence, um, there's a statistic and I may not quote it correctly here, but as teachers, when we ask questions to people, to our students, um, such as like, what's your name? And we expect a quick response. My name is Amy. But when we ask a question like, what's seven times two plus one times five? Well, we as humans, we want that. I, I didn't even remember um, the numbers. I wasn't really paying attention. But we, we in, expect the a quick response um, that quickly to, to questions. And so what I did as a teacher is when I asked a question, I would allow a gap so that people, the students can put together their thoughts. Like, what is she asking and how do I want to answer that? And then that can be really useful in relationships. Too. What is this person asking me? Not what's for dinner, you know, salad. Um, but um, did you ever have to end a friendship? And how did you do it? Oh, right. Hmm. And then there's that pause, and the silence is when we're forming our thoughts to answer the question. That's right. Just because words are not coming out of the mouth doesn't mean the brain is not firing in developing the answers and connecting with our bodies of where do I notice that in my body if I'm getting in touch with an emotion and how do I put that into a word or a sentence or a paragraph that the person I'm talking to can understand. So allowing space and there's strategies. I mean, if, if I find that I'm, if I notice I'm talking too quickly or that I'm responding immediately before the person's even finished their question, sometimes I'll just give myself permission to, take a few breaths. I might count to three. I might count to 10. I might let my ants dance, my eyes dance across the ceiling just to give a little bit of time to think. And creating that space and margin is such a gift to a relationship, setting aside time for a relationship. 
because coming back to the balance aspect is there's not there's it's not a recipe we are not a cookbook we are people and relationships are dynamic and changing and when you create when we create that space and set aside intentional time to pour into the relationship sometimes we just don't even know gosh i don't know where this emotion's coming from but we just don't even know the um, the golden nuggets and the treasures that are that are coming out of that. And I know for my mom and I, it surprised us. And she said, "Wow, the joy, the joy of this project, Hillary, came the whole week before we met, and it continued after. And then she went out to buy more thread for our um, string art project." And she said, I'm still thinking about you. And, um, and then I was able to do it with my daughter. And my daughter said, it was so much fun to do this with you, Mom, and to not feel like we had to just sit there and look at each other. And the busy, what's your phrase? Busy hands, busy open hands. hearts? Busy hands. Yep, that's it. <gasps> oh, I got it. Yay. Thank you for that. Yes. And that that's the the balance of our relationships and our I love what you said about how relationships change over time. And that's because our needs, not just our needs, but every you know, whoever we're in relationship with, whether it be our spouse, our daughter, our parent, our mm-hmm. friend, everyone's needs, everyone has different needs. And that's exactly why I chose the theme knowing our needs as the first chapter in the duet project so that we can just kind of have a conversation, not we as in me, but the pair have a conversation about needs and what our needs are, each of our individual needs. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's great. Really powerful. Very intentional. Thank you for all these little tidbits of, you know, going back to finding balance and making space in our calendar so that we have just space. You never know what's going to happen when there's space. And that can be exciting. It can be a little nerve wracking if there have been any challenges in the relationship. But what we're learning about the brain and the body is that We experience the same sensations in our body when we are excited about something as when we are nervous or anxious about something. And keeping space for both of those to happen is really essential. Have you heard me say that before? Because I've said that same exact thing. Like I heard someplace and I don't remember where and I know it wasn't from you, but the feelings and sensations we have in our body when we're nervous and excited are the same feelings. So we can, instead of focusing on the um, perceived negative, I'm nervous Mm. about doing this, we can shift our mindset to, I'm so excited I get to do this. Mm. I bet it was in one of our mentor groups or something. And I seem to recall someone who's a practicing therapist saying, But what if that same nervous feeling is that it feels so big because it's so important and the world needs it and you're so excited and energized about it and that changes that nervous 
anxious energy into excitement and purpose. And this is beyond me. This is for someone else. Yes, the serving part of it. So to just bring together the things that we've talked about, um, about life balance. And I guess, you know, some people talk about the work-life balance, but it could just be life balance in general, because um, there are some people that are not working in the workplace as a traditional working. So in general, we're just talking about balancing our life between our needs, others' needs, our um, intention um, for serving others and creating the space so that we can know where everything can fit in. Um, and when work doesn't feel like work, work is maybe not even the correct term to use. Mm. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's another word. I don't have the answer to this, but if there's another word we can use for what we're doing, you and I creating these um, communities um, and facilitating others, it doesn't feel like work. I, I'm just, let's, let's think about that yeah. and see if we can come up with another word. Because you're right. I see in my mind the picture of the wellness wheel, which has that, you know, physical health and mental health, emotional health, spiritual, occupational, social. And some of what we're doing encompasses almost every area because when you're fulfilling your life's purpose, that can be a spiritual connection. And we get this social interaction plus the emotional of like, wow, I'm helping someone else. I'm serving my people, my community. And we get the mental stimulation of this is amazing because we get to challenge ourselves and be creative. And then we get that great um, friendship. But then, you know, at some point we will start turning a profit as well. And so it's like all the things together. And that's why I think it can be kind of all consuming. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you for being here and having this conversation that it seems like it's not over, but it's over for now. And as we move on in our day and our week and our months ahead, um, I would love to just continue our conversation offline about what, what that word can be for what we do instead of work. And I'll tell you, and everyone listening, that if we figure it out, if we find a word that we feel really good about, maybe you and I can come back on and have a conversation about that. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. I think we have many more conversations ahead of us. Oh, yes. We have so many ideas that we're going to do. Sounds great. Thanks so well, much, Amy. Thank you so much, Hillary. Thank you for listening to the Mother Daughter Art Project podcast, where we talk about different themes for conversations every month. Want to get started connecting? Visit amysartpalette.com. Amy's Art Palette with one L and two T's to get four months of conversation starters delivered to your inbox. Are you feeling uneasy that you're not an artist? Don't be. 
As an elementary school credentialed art teacher, I've designed art projects to be accessible for all ages and abilities. I believe everyone's an artist. It's just about finding the right materials that you enjoy working with. But remember, it's not about the project, but the process and journey you will be on together creating connection. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review so that this podcast can reach more people. You can also make a lasting impact by sharing this podcast with those you love. Thank you so much for showing up and finding ways to connect today and every day.